Okay. So, hello, Nikki. Hello, Terry. <laughs> Look, I'm, uh, I'm Jerry Rosanov, uh, osteopath, uh, chiropractor, yoga teacher, and uh, I'm, I'm nothing compared to this lady here. Um, I, even though we did yoga uh, with the same yoga teacher, Martin Jackson, back, back in the early 80s in Sydney, um, that was my main influence. But um, Nikki Knopf, K-N-O-F-F, has had a remarkable journey of, uh, because of the, um, respectfully, her age and how early she got into yoga, she had the amazing good fortune of uh, training one-on-one with some absolute legends of yoga who unfortunately uh, are now no longer with us. Uh, some, some of them. In fact, my mentor, BKS Iyengar, uh, which Nikki studied with many times in Pune in India, he's, he's unfortunately no longer with us and was in his, well, in his 90s. I remember he went to China in his early 90s and taught a yoga class. So, it, you know, the, the point of the interview today is not only to introduce Nikki and uh, the, her background, but also um, the, to inspire the listeners um, that, that uh, you know, Nikki and I were having a quick chat before the start today. And, you know, unfortunately, that the medical profession in particular, uh, I see patients on a regular basis. This isn't irregular, regular basis that come in and say, look, at my age, I've been told I've got to live with it. Whether you're mid-40s or 60s or 70s, you know, you're paying your arthritis and uh, yoga has an extraordinary amount to offer in that area. Um, and my, the, the theme for today is uh, ignite your spark, get more energy and feel young, turn back the clock. And yoga is an extraordinary um, avenue for that. So here's Nikki. She's co-founder of the Knopf Yoga System, which we'll go into uh, in a moment because Nikki's put her own unique system together. Uh, and she's been doing yoga for 46 years. Uh, she's 77 78 later this year, and there's not too many people uh, in Australia, or in fact, fact, anywhere in the world, quite frankly, that have been doing yoga for that amount of time, and combine that with her age. So, so for me, she's a mentor. She's inspiring that you can be 77 and traveling the world, having your own yoga system, uh, and living in Cairns, beautiful tropical paradise, and still traveling the world teaching her system. So without any further chat on my side, great to have you on, Nikki. Thank you, Jerry, for inviting me. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, would lo love to um, hear a little bit about your unique Knopf, which is your surname, Knopf system of yoga. Um, and how is that different to all the power yoga and flow yoga? I mean, there are dozens of yoga. And so the question is, you know, so what? Knopf yoga system, what, you know, why do it? Well, um, we um, decided that when we were taught ourselves by many teachers, even the professional teachers like Iyengar and Katavi Joyce and Desika Chai, um, that there was not Katavi Joyce so much, but um, the others, that it was random yoga. When we went to classes, it was random classes. And um, we felt that if you followed a certain pro process, that, um, that we felt much better after class, much more holistic 
it um, left you with a feeling good and ready to climb a mountain or clean your house, whatever needed to be done. And we found with the random yoga that, um, you know, let's work on sideways splits today, that it didn't feel as good as a holistic practice. And so you, you've, you've put together uh, quite a different combinations of different systems. Um, if, if, if you'd like to, uh, you know, explain to us what, what the different systems were or different styles and how, and how you interwove, found that some were good, uh, but the, the combination in your system is quite unique. Yes, it's about the sequencing, actually. Um, it's very important to get the sequencing right. And um, we found that if we started off, we, we actually did make a squat sequence. I first taught in Japan, and that's, the squat sequence was absolutely not necessary there in 1970 when people were still sitting on the floor. But when I started teaching in New Zealand, Australia, and the USA, I found that people were missing a whole lot of movements that, say, the uh, Easterners have from not using furniture. So we actually have a squat sequence. We call it Bumi Namaskar. It's the earth sun salutation that we do before the sun salutation. So that's where it's very different. People who've uh, trained with us, they teach that squat sequence. And um, that, that differentiates us really from other people. And why it's important is that every movement in there is needed in some or all of the postures that are in light of yoga, light on yoga. So um, and we found that when people uh, practice this Bhumi Namaskar, they might have knee or um, joint injuries, even back injuries, sac sacrum plate injuries, that they come out of their pain, that they heal themselves with the squat sequence alone. Um, so, and there are various variations that we can do. We can hold on to ropes to make it a bit easier when people are overweight or not able to do it. So we start with the squat sequence and then we do the sun salutations, and then we do inversions heating, and then the next posture we do a standing postures, and then we do sitting postures, forward bends first, then sitting postures, and um, twists, um, first, yes, first twists, no, first uh, abdominals, and then twists, and then inversions cooling. And when people do this um, sequencing, they always feel good after class. I've never had anyone come after class and say, I'm sorry I did that. They usually say, I feel really good, you know? Yes, and you brought up a very interesting um, topic of he healing themselves. You know, the idea yeah. that you can actually heal yourself. And I yeah. think that's one of the um, things, if you're, if, you're, if you're a busy mom, you know, uh, with kids or juggling work or no matter what your busy lifestyle is, there's an enormous um, propensity, tendency in our system to pay your dollars, go, go, go to some health professional 
and yeah. uh, pay your money and they fix you up. And the problem yeah. is when you stop going back to them, everything falls in a heap again. Yes. So the beauty of yoga is all you need is a yoga mat and, uh, and, some, pra and some practice and you can heal yourself. So I'd l love to hear, you know, uh, your, your understanding of how yoga can heal yourself and maybe some experiences of some of your students. Well, it's, it's very empowering and um, because I spent uh, 10 years working at the Blind Institute and actually six years at the Blind Institute and um, 10 years, four in Dunedin and four in Auckland at the, at the Dadley Foundation where there were um, people who had injuries like um, paraplegics, quadriplegics and you name it, they were there. So that was very good to work with those people and it made, made me learn how to um, modify the poses so that they could do the posture, you know. I had lots of help from my classes, the people in my classes, because if someone complained in my class their arms were too long or their legs too short, I'd tell them to come and help me, and they would help me, and they never complained again <laughs> after helping there. Um, so that was a good system for them, and really we needed three people to every person who was there on the floor to work with. So that was very enlightening in that we had to be very creative in working out ways of helping people. For, for instance, there was a man with muscular dystrophy who wasn't, his speech therapist couldn't get him to talk. And we just put him on a slant board and collected all the water from his lungs in towels. And after a while, she came to ask us, what are you doing with uh, Bradley? Suddenly he can talk. And we said, well, we're just getting rid of all the water in his lungs, he's drowning, you know? Things like that, very simple things where people um, can do a lot, you know, rather than staying upright to be on a slant board. And um, it was amazing, really. Another person um, who, who was wheelchair-bound and the physio came down and saw me working with him, and she said to me, oh, I have been working with Bramley for 29 years. I didn't know he could do that. And I said, well, I didn't know he couldn't. And that's the whole crux of it all, is expecting everyone to do everything, whether they're able-bodied or not. And um, if they can't, then give them the steps towards succeeding in the, uh, and doing the pose. You know, so with the um, paraplegics, we had them lying on the floor and we placed their feet against the wall, so the wall became the floor, and they did standing poses by us putting them in the posture, you know. Um, James and I did learn massage too, because sometimes we weren't able to move them until we'd given them a bit of a rub down, you know, not full rub down, but just rubbed on their muscles and got them a little more pliable. Yeah, I, I think you've brought up a very interesting um, idea. The fact that uh, yoga is so much more than just physical yoga poses. Yes. 
And you were talking on just then on um, having the attitude that uh, of an, a complete open expectation, not to think yes. people are limited. And that, that introduces the, the whole background and history of yoga that it's unfortunately, as it's come to the West from the East, it's become a very physical, uh, almost like uh, gymnastics type of approach. Yes. Well, the mind is very important because just if, even think about when you cut your thumb, your mind is there all the time. Um, you know, so the mind is very important too. Um, and we always tell all our students every time, even though you come five times a week, every time let's when we get on the mat, let's have an empty beginner's mind and just do the pose, you know. Um, and just see what comes up. And people have said to me, 46 years of dog pose, aren't you sick and tired of it? No, because it's like the first time I ever did it, there's so many levels of information and interesting things that happen in even a simple pose. Yes, you've had the good fortune of um, studying with some of the giants uh, of of yogis, yoga teachers, and these are from India, and they've they've embodied the the her- the true heritage of yes. yoga coming from India. So this hasn't this hasn't it's not as though you've learnt from. Uh, I had many years with the Swami Muktananda, a beautiful teacher in the seventies in India, and he used the analogy of the soup of the soup of the soup, <laughs> the dilution, the dilution of the dilution, and yes. so unfortunately. Uh, you know, yoga can become, in terms of how it's taught, the dilution of the dilution. But you've actually yeah. gone back to some giants who were, were it's try, I certainly looked at the, um, the, the live DVD of, of BKS Iyengar, and he started yoga when he was a little boy. His whole life was it. So yeah. love to hear some of the, uh, the stories of the, uh, these spiritual uh, yoga teachers from India that you train with and uh, what, what heritage how that has influenced your style of yoga? Well, yes, I've been lucky enough to work with Iyengar and Patavi Joyce and Desika Chow, but also Vikram Chowdhury before he became infamous. And I have to thank Vikram Chowdhury actually for putting me onto yoga. He was teaching in Japan and that's where I first learned, but of course, uh, he's in a lot of trouble nowadays and, um, you know, it's just unfortunate how some of these gurus go, but usually when they get taken out of their environment into America, they become spoiled. And um, anyway, I don't want to talk about negative things. <laughs> yes. So some of those teachers, could you uh, briefly explain, you know, I mean, people can, can Google these names, but you've had the good fortune of actually studying with them. Um, what was their backgrounds and their styles and how that influenced your particular Kanoff yoga system? Well, Iyengar and Patavi Joyce and Desika Chara come from Krishnamacharya, who was Desika Chara's father. And... Um, and so that's called the Mysore Palace style, and that is really Ashtanga. And um, with Bikram, uh, with uh, BKS Hyanga, he decided not to do the sun salutations. 
but we followed his system very strongly. And when we got to the third part of his book, some of those programs take eight hours. And my brother used to ask us if there was anything else beside yoga in our life, because we used to follow these programs religiously. And we found we didn't have the strength um, to do all the bird postures as we were meant to. And we look back at the old films of BKS Iyengar of him doing the sun salutation. And he said, but just listen to me, you don't need to do them so much. So he took them out. But that's why we actually went to Pratabi Joyce to see how they were originally taught by Krishnamacharya. And as soon as Patavi Joyce taught us the linking and the sun salutations, then we could do the, um, all the bird postures from handstand and headstand as we were meant to. So that was like a missing link that had been dropped out. And it was up to us to find out really about it and to make sure that we got the right education, you know. So that's why in our system, we do have all the linking and all the sun salutations as well. And by the time the people are in masters, they um, can do all the things easily, having gone through the syllabus um, bit by bit, you know. So just for the, for the listener's point of view, uh, there was uh, Krishnavacharya was the teacher, the yoga teacher, or in the, in the Indian system, the guru of Batabi Joyce, who was the founder of Ashtanga Yoga, and BKS Iyengar, the founder of Iyengar Yoga. Is that correct? Yes, and Desipachara was his son. And his son, his son that does Vini Yoga which is very interesting because if it hurts, don't do it, you know? And that comes from when he was 10 years old, his mother told Krishnamacharya, the boy hasn't done his practice. So Krishnamacharya told the boy to get into Lotus and tied him up and left him there for 10 hours. So he put him off yoga completely. He wasn't going to teach yoga and became an engineer. But then when yoga was so popular, he then decided to teach yoga as well. Of course, his engineering background is very useful. Whenever I've taught at universities, I always know which ones the engineers are. I learn a lot from them. And they have a good eye for seeing whether people have the right proportions to do postures. Um, so it was a good background for, for him and then he teaches um, like that and I had a Vinny yoga teacher come to me with a neck problem and so I gave her some neck exercises, some postures to do, asanas, and she said, but I don't want to do Iyengar yoga, I want to do um, Vini yoga, what do I do? I said, go back to your teacher and ask him why after 25 years you have a neck problem, you know? We shouldn't. We shouldn't have these problems. I mean, we might get an accident, but we should be able to heal ourselves with our yoga. Yes. Now, the, the importance of, of breath, um, it's, so, it's so massive uh, in terms of the benefits. We, you and I could chat on for hours. 
Um, but we were chatting before the interview uh, on how that some of the styles, the flow yoga, don't put such a big focus on the breathing or Iyengar, possibly that style as well. And you've really brought the breath in as an integral big part of your yoga system. Would you yes. like to explain how, how, that, how that came about and why, that's, yes. why breath is so, when so you, important? When you, when you think about it, our most important requirement is breath. So the first thing we do is teach the people how to breathe. Um, because we can do without water for a little while and we can do without food for quite a long time, but we can't do without oxygen. So breathing is our most important requirement and it's actually our most important and first thing we teach people. So when they come to class, we teach them pranayama before they do the asana section. Um, so we chant and then we say a student creed, but the breathing is very important. And then we end up the breathing with Ujjayi breathing with the bandhas, with Mula Bandha and Uddiyana Maina, and they are to continue that through their class. And during the class, we actually remind them about their breath and their bandhas. So um, until it becomes second nature, we're actually teaching it over and over again. Yeah. And, and for busy people now, uh, you know, who, who may be even busy mums who can't, can't, you know, take time off to even do a yoga class, which might be an hour and a half plus commuting, so maybe two, over two hours. What, what, what's the minimum time to do yoga practice at home that would be beneficial? Well, the, if, say, you could do an hour, that would be great. But if you can only manage half an hour, that's better than nothing. But we all have 24 hours in a day. So are you reading a magazine? Are you reading a newspaper? Could you uh, spend your time on your mat and get better, better <laughs> you know, benefit from that? Or what? It's about prioritizing, isn't it? Yes. So, um, it's up to us where, where we're going to spend our time. And um, when, when I had children, being a mother of children, I used to sometimes do my practice at two in the morning or, or four in the morning. And then by the time I had to take them to school, I would have done my practice. That would have been done at least, you know, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So we all have 24 hours in a day. Mothers, I'd recommend they go to bed with their children at early at night so they can get up early and do their practice. It's all a matter how you spend the time, you know. Yeah. You might be watching TV or something like that. Yeah. Well, what, what was a major pivotal point in your life that, that uh, got you doing what you're doing now? Well, I, I think it, um, you're sort of touching on my life story and I think we'll leave that because it's too long because I'm so old and people can go and look at that at www.knoffyoga.com and, and it's all there. I've been interviewed before about it. But um, the best thing really to do, or how, how I got into yoga so deeply was my ex-husband was so against it. And actually the name of our system is his name. 
he's not very happy about it, but that's how I was known in the beginning. Uh, I was with him for 28 years, and he, he actually kicked me out of the house for going to Iyengar. I had a choice. Either I didn't go to Iyengar or I um, went to Iyengar and lost the family. So my children were 18 and 19 then, and I had a very strong wish to go because I had worked with Iyengar in Sydney when he came for those conventions and with Gita, and I was very keen to go to Pune. And actually after I went, I went many times and was lucky enough to be invited to come help in the medical classes where I learned a lot from him. You had to just um, submit yourself to his wild temper, but um, you just had to stay with it and take in the information, yes. And it was funny because James comes from a very dysfunctional family and he said very quickly, I'm not going back there again, whereas I went back again and again because I come from a very loving, good family. And I just submitted because I was so curious. I, want, I always want to learn. You never know at all, you know? Now, for the listeners, James is your husband and, and he's the co-founder of, of your Knopf yoga system. Is that right? Yes, yeah. yes. And we've been together 29 years, so he's been with me longer than my ex-husband was. <laughs> so that's one advantage of being old. <laughs> now, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Um, if, you, if it had to come down to one piece in your life, what's the best piece of advice? Well, straight after the war, we met my father in Bangkok. And he had been on the Burma Railway, and we had been in prison of war camp in Indonesia. And when we first met, the only men we had met were Korean and Japanese guards. So we were afraid of men, and we hid under the sofa, you know. And um, anyway, we realized it took us a while to realize that he was all right and that he was our father. But he said, life is for living. Let us make the most of every moment. And so that's a very good thing to do, you know, to be in the present moment, to make the most of every moment. And it's really yoga when you think of it. Um, and so we had a very good life after that. Um, his, he had a big typical six-foot um, driver, Mr. Fundam, but we called him Mrs. Fundam because he was so nice. So we were a little screwed up kids <laughs> until we had to realize that men could be nice too, you know, because we were in a women's and children's camp. Anyway, um, that, that was very important. So it's a good opportunity for us to get on the mat daily and make the most of every moment and take what we learn on the mat into life. And I think that's, that's really an important thing. You know, it's all very well um, doing your practice and then being awful outside in the world, you know, <laughs> to take your practice into the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what's one of your personal habits 
that you believe strongly has contributed to your you know, success in doing yoga for so long? Well, I think getting up early probably is the most, it's the most productive part of the day. That's usually when I do my practices because um, no one will disturb you with phone calls and you won't be distracted in any way. And it's the best part of the day. And because I was born in the Far East in Indonesia, it was a family habit we had. Um, we always got up early because it was the coolest time of the day. And so that, I think, is a very important thing to do. You know? um, so that's, that's helpful. Also, it's a good time for doing pranayama and meditation. Um, everything is quiet and peaceful, a bit cooler when you live in a hot climate. Mm. That puts your bell going off. <laughs> and in terms of yoga giving you more energy, um, could you talk about that, how, how it can give you more energy? Yes, definitely. Um, say you don't feel like doing your practice, you feel lazy, lethargic. Um, if you do the Uddiyana Manali and at once you can, um, you'll feel like there's nothing else to do but to get on your mat. It's very motivational. Um, it sort of stirs you up and wakes you up. And so I always teach everyone Uddiyana and Nawali and get them to do the, the system. You know, even if you don't feel like getting on your mat, do you Uddiyana Nawali? And then they always say, but it's a trick. I always get on my mat when I've done them. <laughs> no, for, for the listeners, Nikki, what is that, those, those two things? Uddiyana, it's in light on yoga. Do look it up. Um, if you can get a teacher to teach you, it's actually a kriya, a cleansing thing that we do. Um, we also, well, yes, it's, um, we, we breathe in through the nose, we stand with our feet hip width apart, and we breathe out through the nose, and we brace ourselves on our knees, and we suck up Uddiyana Major, suck up Mulabandha, um, Uddiyana Major, and the um, head is in the jugular notch, Jalandara um, Bandha is there, and we hold the breath, hold the breath, hold the breath, and then release Jalandara Bandha and release the breath. That's Uddiyana. In Nali, we do the same, only we stay bent over and we um, work the abdominal muscles and the intestines. And some people get very clever at it. I've seen people move their intestines in two ways, like this or this way, or both this way or both that way. Um, it's amazing control. And it's very good for your internal organs as well. So that's that's very interesting part of yoga that's often overlooked. Um, when I get people who've done yoga for 10 or 20 years and they've come to do, um, they've never even seen Uddiyana and Maoli. And I find it's very important. So there are the eight limbs. You can't think one limb is more important than the other. And unfortunately in the West, the asana has taken priority was probably, when it first started, was probably the least. We just did asana in order to be able to sit up straight for a long time to do meditation. 
So okay. what, what are the eight steps? The eight limbs. Eight limbs. Yes. So we have, um, oh, we have pranayama and we have meditation. But I'm starting at the bottom now. I should have it in front of me because I'm put on the, on the spot here. Pranayama for the listeners is the breathing. The breathing and meditation. So, and um, uh, there's the yamas and the niyamas. So there's uh, all those things. I did have a piece of paper with me because I'm a bit flustered now. <laughs> I don't have it here. It isn't here. Can you imagine that? Um, yes, yeah, so the yamas and niyamas are things like telling the truth, sacha, and um, um, brahmacharya, um, being conscious of your using your uh, energy, um, and uh, <laughs> I wish I had that thing in front of me to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that'll be on your website. Yes, yes, it's on the website, and I did have a piece of paper, but I've lost it. That, that's okay. So, for the for the uh, listeners who want that eight limbs, yes. what, what's what's your uh, your website? Is it is it if you'd like to tell us? It's www.knoffyoga.com. Okay. And if anyone wants to write to me or phone me, my email address is nikki at knoffyoga.com and the number is 0408-368-454. So that's Nikki will be N-I-C-K-Y. Yes, N-I-C-K-Y. Yes. Knoffyoga.com. Now, yes. is, there, is there any other uh, if resources, websites or books, uh, any other resources that you would recommend for the listeners if they want more information on, on yoga? Well, if they do go to our website, we do have okay, films and we, um, we have also got chair yoga level one and level two that we um, were working with with the people in the Dadley Foundation and we teach teacher training courses too and so we have manuals like this manual is the manual for pregnancy yoga um, that sort of thing um, and in it there's lots of information lots of photos and things um, you know, the manuals are so, um, so efficient that you probably could do it without coming. But, of course, when you come, you learn a lot more because um, if there are real people coming, we invite real pregnant women to come and they see all the different things that different pregnant women have to deal with and how to deal with them, that sort of thing. The same with... Um, Therapy, we've had to call it holistic healing now, as far as the Yoga Alliance in America is concerned, because they're so afraid of being sued, you know, so they can't call it therapy anymore. They have to call it holistic healing. <laughs> now, in terms of um, turning back the clock and feeling younger, how has how yoga beneficial in that area? Well, I, I think it's very good for all of us, um, you know, not to think so much about age 
just about how you feel. And if you get on your mat and do your practice and do pranayama meditation as well, then you'll find that you have plenty of energy. You know, you'll find. And I've never got on my mat and had a bad day. You know, you always have a good day. Or if something terrible happens, you have the knowledge and the calmness to deal with it correctly and let it go. You know? So it's really important to do that. Of course, the meditation I do is Vipassana meditation. And I've done a 30-day course in the Puri, and um, I find that's the best meditation to do um, because it's very um, transferable into life. You can be in a, a doing it all the time. You don't just have to sit on your cushion and do meditation sitting down. Now, if, if the listeners want to get more information on Vipassana, they would just Google Vipassana yoga. Yeah, no. Vipassana meditation. Yes, Vipassana meditation. And um, if they go into Goenka, because there's a lot of different Vipassana, um, Goenka's written books and other people have written books. It's very well known. And um, I actually recommend all my teacher trainees to do a Vipassana course. And most of them go on to do that and then do many courses too. So to get the spelling of Vipassana, is that V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A? Yes, that's right. The double yes. S. So if they want to Google yes. it, V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A. And yes. Goenka, how do you spell Goenka? Goenka, yes. it's, his initials are S-N, N for Nelly, or Nikki. And his surname is capital G-O-E-N-K-A. Okay. It's G-O-E-N-K-A for those yes. listeners who want to Google that. So that's yeah. the meditation system that you recommend. That's the one you've studied with and the ones you bring into your, uh, into your yes. no, yoga system. I've, I've done that for, uh, since 1980. And um, I really recommend it. I tried a lot of different meditations and we do teach the people chakra meditation and other meditation. Um, but I find the Goenka is the one that, that really works if you stay with it. Yes. Yeah. So look, as far as getting energy and turning back the clock and feeling young, you're it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. No further, 78 in a few months. <laughs> and um, what, could you briefly tell us what, you, what your schedules are? I mean, you're teaching in Melbourne, and, you know, without Australia, you go to New Zealand and you're, you're overseas. You're still uh, running your, your courses overseas? Yes, actually, on the 19th of April, or it might be the 16th, I'm leaving to go to Doha in the Middle East. I teach a workshop there. And then I, um, I'm going to um, Austria, to Monse, and I'll be there for six weeks. I'll be teaching some teacher training there and some workshops. And it's a beautiful area. <laughs> and sometimes the students whom I've taught in Germany and in, uh, who've come for, to Germany from England, they'll be there too. So sometimes because Europe's much smaller than Australia, people tend to travel to these 
um, things. And so we do have a Knopf Yoga Europe branch. All those people who are over there have um, on Facebook and that sort of thing. Um, they, they follow each other there. So it's, uh, it's wonderful because I certainly, in my younger years, some, some of the, uh, when I, in my early 20s, I was with a lot of people in their mid-70s um, who, who, who have been really inspired, inspire me that, um, you know, my, the best years can very well be in your later years. Um, yeah. This whole thing, certainly in my country, Australia, you, you, you get the pension at 65 and you contract your lifestyle in and you're, do a bit of bingo or kino at the local club and, and uh, maybe a bit of aquarobics with the girls if you're a female and that's it, TV. So yeah. uh, you're, you're now, I'm going to put you on my, my, uh, my list now of uh, <laughs> mentors in their 70s who are still, still you know, glo globe, globe hopping, yes. globe trotting and, uh, you know, still inspiring uh, a terrific number of people with your, your unique uh, combination of yoga. Right. <laughs> oh well, it's better than sitting having cups of tea and <laughs> playing bingo. It doesn't appeal to me at all. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine you watching TV all day somehow, Nikki. No, 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 it's beautiful weather, you know, and we have a beautiful garden and beautiful pool, um, plenty of space to do practice here, and we have the school, we do a lot of privates as well as classes. Um, we have a lot of teachers who are teaching with us, whom we've trained. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice. <laughs> it's a good life. Good life. Very well, interesting. And also being with young people, you know, being with people who are much younger, it's um, quite amazing how sometimes I get a class, a person in my class and they say, Oh, but I'm 50. And I say to them, well, that's nothing. Don't tell me you're 50, you know, as an excuse not to do something. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. You know, at my age, I'm 60, and you can say, well, you know, add another 17 years. Yes, that's right. Yes. An, an absolute delight talking to you. Thank um, you. And uh, so let, let's keep in touch. Uh, the, the listeners have got multiple ways of Keep in touch with with your website, your uh, and your email. What happened to us? <laughs> Did something happen? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm I'm hearing you quite well. Oh, but I can't see you again. <laughs> something happened. It's gone. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Yeah, I can't see you. Anyway, I suppose it doesn't matter. You'll have to cut this bit out. <laughs> okay. So look, it's. Great, great chatting to you, and let's keep in touch. All right, Jerry, nice to see you again after all these years. Yes, <laughs> thanks a lot. Take care, bye. Bye.